Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Four free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back. Another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke at the Southern Bank Corps studio over in Laurel. And we're glad you're with us uh, wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. Ben Milam from Big Gold Nation going to join us a little later in the program. Patrick Irby from Anatomy is also a uh, Coming on later in the hour, and uh, yes, we're going to, well, let me say first of all, opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're proud to say very good friends of ours. They uh, have great food seven days a week. They'll cater any event for you, large or small. Just reach out to the guys down at Dickie's next time you have an event on your calendar, and don't book any catering companies until you've talked to Dickie's, and uh, you can see what they can do for you. One of the things they do, Bob, is smoke things. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of yeah, smoking, <laughs> getting uh, smoked. Yeah. Speaking of getting smoked. What, which smoking are you talking about, though? <laughs> yeah. Because there's a positive. Oh, no, smoking. no. It, well, the Golden Eagles were smoked in baseball last night, and we will talk about that. But hallelujah. If I knew how to bring up the music here, Michael's not here, so I don't really know how to do it. I'll screw the computer system up badly. <laughs> right. Hallelujah. Southern Miss beat South Alabama in something, Luke. What? Yes, we did. So the 2023 Grand Bear Match Play Championship went down down in Socher yesterday at the Grand Bear Golf Club. Southern Miss uh, won the first match of the day. They actually won in a tiebreaker. They were, they were taking on New Orleans, and uh, Southern Miss won uh, because the, even though they tied in the matches, Southern Miss, if you look at the, the total amount of holes they won, they won 12-5. to five. South Alabama beat Lafayette, and so that put the Golden Eagles against the Jaguars in the championship match. And you want to talk about a smoking four-and-a-half to one-and-a-half. The Golden Eagle men's golf team smoked the Jaguars of South Alabama. Only, uh, yeah, only only lost really one match there. So as many times in the fourth segment of this show, guys, day after day after day, eSport, golf, baseball, football. Checkers. <laughs> Doesn't Thumb wrestling. <laughs> yes. Debate. Eddie Brescher and Corn the men's hole. golf team come through. Don't say that on the air. What's wrong with you? Cornhole. It's a sport. <laughs> Congratulations to men. I mean, it, it really, this this golf team down the stretch, I mean, we've we've covered them, you know, through, uh, throughout the year, and they, they've peaked inside the top 50. They've kind of stuck around, the, you know, the, the 70. They're getting ready in two weeks in Annandale. 
in Madison, Mississippi for the Sunbelt Championship. That's pretty cool. Sunbelt having the championship in the state of uh, Mississippi. Maybe a road trip, maybe. So maybe. Are, we'll, we'll are, see. Are we going to talk about the elephant in the room now? What what are you can, can, look look I'm I'm almost to the I'm almost to three minutes in the show with positive news Kelly anyway what are you in, uh, to? in two weeks on the 23rd they will start uh, the Sun Belt Championship so anyway perform there there's there's a chance they might get into the NCAA tournament we'll talk to Coach Brescher coming up there you okay, go okay let me address it uh, Golden Eagles get beat 13 to nothing last night at Alabama you know. I'm not surprised that they won or lost, to be honest with you. You know, last year's game here, Southern Miss beat Alabama 3-2. to year before that, they beat Alabama in a pretty close game in Tuscaloosa. But last night, the wheels fell off. And Kelly Sanders, this, is this not one of those, and you hear this a lot in sports, where the coach says, we're going to throw away the film, we're just going to move forward? First of all, I think the Eagles might be a little road-weary. They're not going to use that as an excuse. But, I mean, they've been in and out of airports the last three or four days then have to turn around and go to Tuscaloosa tomorrow. Alabama has to play with a little more sense of urgency, and and, uh, and Luke's going to fill in the blanks on that in just a second as to – I mean, they're all important. But if you've played sports at any level, you understand that sometimes stuff like this just happens. I mean, the Eagles only, only had, what, three hits last night? You know, it was just it was just one of those games, and I dare say that if they would have played till two in the morning, it would have only gotten worse. I mean, it's just that just happens every once in a while, and it could have just as easily been the other side of the coin. You know, so yeah, you just you throw this one away, and the ones that really count are the ones coming up this weekend. They get to come home, sleep in their own beds, get back to their own routine, and I think you'll see a completely different Eagle team this weekend. Right, and and the and the. The pitcher that they really brought in here to be the weekday pitcher, they've had to move to the weekends. So you're starting a freshman. Alabama starts a senior last year, last night. It was just, it was just not a good matchup. And that goes to the sense of urgency, Luke, as to why Alabama may have started who they started on the mound. Yeah, I mean, I was talking, I was talking to Heath Hinton earlier today, and, and Heath brought up a good point. You, you look at, you know, what what Bama's record is: twenty four and ten, but four and eight in the SEC. Coming off a, a series loss to Mississippi State, and and I thought Heath Heath brought up a good point. Here it is: Alabama probably will not make the NCAA tournament based off their SEC standings unless they win in Hoover or make it to the final. But the way that they can catch up ground for an at large is to win midweeks, and this makes you feel good. It doesn't make you feel good. You got drum last night, but Alabama actually jumped like three or four spots in the RPI because they beat Southern Miss last night. So, so Bama was like Southern Southern Miss. If you don't win the Sun Belt, you still can finish top four in the league. You keep winning series. You have a good per- performance um, in Montgomery, and and you're in. You're not going to host. You may be a, a a mid to low, you know, a mid two seed. But Bama's in a completely different situation. They throw a graduate guy last night, uh, 94 to, to 96. He's 4-1 and one on the year. We're starting a true freshman because we got to whole staff it because we got to, uh, even though Armistead threw last night, you got to wonder, are they going to whole staff it? Is Sively, you know, Storm, like what, what's going to happen with game three? And so I, I think it showed last night. Alabama has had more urgency last night because they have to make up ground in the midweeks. And they did last night what Southern Miss had done to them the last couple years. 
Eagles had opportunities in the first, second, third, and fifth innings and were unable to capitalize and got no hit the rest of the way. Yeah, that that's just been painful to watch this year, stranding people on base. And it, it, every time you think maybe they put that behind them, it kind of rears its ugly head. How much of that becomes mental, Kelly? I think if you've played the game long enough, you understand that, that this is part of the process. You know, that, that there's gonna, there are going to be times when that baseball is coming in there and it looks like the size of a beach ball. And there's nothing you can do that's wrong. You're, you're just on it. You're seeing it. And there are other days when you try extra hard to see it and it's the size of a, of a BB. I mean, it's just, it's just the way sports go. You know, but, but again, it's, it's one game. Um, and sure, you, you want to win those games. But again, I think that when you focus on what's ahead of you now in, in conference play, and I think Luke makes a good point that uh, Alabama has to win more of these midweek games. Has to kind of the, win. Kind of the turning point of the game for me was, was in the, the top of the fifth. Uh, Lynch singles. And then Monastere hits a shot to, to right center. Ball was slicing away from the center fielder, and he made a fantastic play. Dove. Caught it in the air. Then uh, Etzel comes up and doubles down the right line. There was two to nothing at that point. If Monastere gets that one down, you know, Danny scores probably. <laughs> and then uh, Etzel gets in. It's a tie game. And so because it's a tie game, you have some momentum. It all blew up for the Eagles in the bottom of the fifth uh, when, you know, they, when they put seven. Tide put up seven runs that game. But the top of the fifth for me, that was a, a great play to the center fielder's credit. And the Eagles, you know, earlier in the, the, the first half of the game, they had some balls that, that they that they hit that, you know, made some, you know, right at people. So it's one of those nights you could avoid the bottom of the fifth and it would have been far more respectable. Well, and again, no one makes excuses for them and they don't make excuses for themselves. But, Kelly, I'll go back to you again. And I know how fans are. You cannot lose five relief pitchers to the draft, two of your three weekend starters, and think that it's just going to be the same the next year. Plus, plus a Gabe Montenegro and a and a three year starting second baseman. And I would argue that this year's schedule is tougher. It's tougher if tougher. You, if that's not hard to believe. Tougher than last year's schedule. So you add that all together, and I know this will be arguable, Bob, and 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 Luke can talk about it from a football standpoint. You know, for having played at that level, I would if I'm going to lose a game, I would rather lose thirteen to nothing than five to four in twelve innings. The you know the emotional expenditure, and people can say what they want, but when you're getting beat like that, you've checked out. Right. You know, emotionally at some point, knowing that this is just the way it goes, and let's get back to work I on Friday. I think what the team needs is a little rest. I agree, and I, they get to come right home, now. sleep in their own Need beds. You can't underestimate that. All right, Ben Milam, he writes for Big Gold Nation. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the game last night, about fans in general on the Big Gold Nation website. People have asked me, Bob, where they can download this podcast. Would you happen to know? Well, they could go to Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in, or everybody except Kelly can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and she will do exactly what you've asked her to do. Well, I talked to Alexa, and she says, don't come any closer. Yeah, she's calling security. <laughs> Kelly's the only person on the planet that Alexa has called the police on.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. Be sure you tell them that the, the guys from Eagle Hour said hello. And that reminds me, Kelly, I do have you a, a T-shirt, a new Super Talk T-shirt that we ordered specifically for you. Yeah, it's it's when you when you go to as good as they are at Campus Bookmart, and and they're sensitive to people us full figured gals. You know, you go and they'll say, "What size do you need?" And I tell them, and they husky. go, "And they go, do what husky size?" <laughs> yes. I want to thank Janet King, the King of Clean, for sponsoring the Super Talk Eagle Hour. They've been working together for over thirty five years, cleaning places of work, education, medicine, eateries, stadiums, and worship all through the Pine Belt. They can do the same for your business. You can go to JanaKingCleans.com for more information. We thank them for their support. Ben Milam writes for Big Gold Nation, sits in on the Eagle Hour. We're glad to have Ben as part of the Eagle Hour family. And uh, before we get to that baseball game last night, Ben, I had a couple things I wanted to run by you. Uh, we uh, reported uh, yesterday that uh, Rose Warren, who was a very productive guard and defensive player, for the Lady Eagle basketball team, has transferred to William Carey University. And you, of course, do the play-by-play for uh, Carey basketball. And you were telling me what I thought when I heard the news. She can have a big impact there at Carey. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. First of all, great to to be back with you all as always. But, uh, yeah, Coach English ecstatic about getting Rose Warren. I mean, how can you not? Like You mentioned she averaged over 20 minutes a game at Southern Miss for – a team that won a regular season title, I mean, you'll, you'll take a transfer of that caliber any day of the week. But I think specifically for Rose Warren, her skill set fit into Coach English's offense and what he likes to do so well. Uh, Rebecca Engel, the leading scorer the last two years for William Carey, is graduating. And so that's, you know, 18 to 20 points a game you're going to have to replace. And so it, it might be, I mean, I would imagine that's part of the draw for Rose Warren is that she will immediately fit into that spot. And Rose has the ability to shoot the basketball, put it on the floor too, and she'll get a chance on the offensive side of the floor. Maybe a little bit more at William Carey, and she'll have a chance to kind of be the star of the show. So everybody, William Carey, really excited about that as Coach Inglis continues to build his roster for next year. Right, and she was a big-time scorer at Puckett High School. I think yeah. she may hold the record for uh, – uh, for scoring there, and uh, she's a good three-point shooter, good defensive player, and uh, and of course we wish her the best. And we're William Carey fans, so I mean it's a it's a plus for Carey, no doubt. We're also Puckett Wolf fans. Yeah, we like Puckett the Wolves. All right, so uh, Ben, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Of course, Gold Eagles get beat badly last night, thirteen to nothing in baseball. And I haven't gone to any of the chat rooms like Big Gold Nation and Eagle Post and what have you, but I'm sure that they are ramped up pretty hard today, probably demanding some coaches resign, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's a guy that writes uh, writes for Big Gold Nation. Uh, how, how? And look, I don't mean this derogatorily toward fans. I'm I'm glad they're passionate, but how out of touch do you think fans can become with the reality? of college baseball and the realities that Southern Miss baseball is faced with this year? Uh, yeah, a good bit. Um, and that's part of the job. You, you kind of learn that when you're part of running a message board fan site like Big Gold Nation. But that's, like you said, that's uh, that's what makes college sports great is is the overreactions. And especially in a long college baseball season, I mean, I you know, probably lost count of, of how many times people – 
were calling to fire Scott Barry last year <laughs> when we were having that historic run. And so yeah. not much has changed there. A game like this, you know, you feel it a little bit more because it was a great opportunity to get a strong RPI win and, of course, go on the road and beat an SEC team who you had beaten twice in a row before that. And so that's, that's why it hurts a little bit more. That's why you get reactions like this. But I think, you know, people will – looking back at the end of this season, I think these guys are going to be fine. I think they're probably going to see that this was an overreaction. Yeah, you know, real quickly, uh, if fans had had their way last year, Kelly, Mike Bianco and Scott Berry, neither one would have been coaching in the Super Regional – that their teams played each other in. They'd be out in front of Walmart with signs that say, we'll coach for food, you know. Both, both oh, of them. Lou, get in here with Ben. Ben, uh, just your, your comments. I was talking to, to Heath earlier, and, you know, he, he made the comment, Bama pretty pretty desperate. Uh, you know, I heard on the broadcast last night, you know, Bohannon had really made the emphasis. They had to win their, their midweeks to have a chance for an at-large because they, they probably won't get in. From where they they end in the in the SEC, and so last night was uh, you know you don't really use when you talk about Alabama athletics like a desperate you know but that, that's where they were their backs were against the wall and you know to, to compliment Southern Miss where our program is Alabama jumped like four spots in the RPI beating us last night but that's kind of what I saw maybe a mixture of Southern Miss uh, just kind of you know road weary and uh, what was your thoughts about you know the way that Bama played. Well, yeah, Luke, I think you're exactly right. I mean, Alabama now 10-0 and in the full midweek schedule, which points to that emphasis for Bohannon. And, you know, they're com- they were coming off of a tough weekend, lost two out of three against a pretty bad Mississippi State club. And so I, I think they probably even more so were emphasizing the-, the chance that they had to move up in the RPI and take advantage of that. And I, and I think it was it was also a combination of – you know, I think we saw maybe the gap in experience and depth of talent, particularly on the mound yeah. for Alabama. Uh, you know, we're having to – Southern Miss is having to put out these younger arms that maybe in situations like that, you know, a, a year like 2022 probably wouldn't see time like that, but you're having to force guys into it, not wow. to see what they have, but because they have to throw. And an experienced lineup, a, a talented lineup like Alabama – is he to take advantage of it? And, you know, they threw six arms. They're all quality arms for the time yeah. last night. I think it was a combination of both. What, uh, what are, I thought when they announced Middleton that there was a chance that they might, you know, put Armistead on, on the weekends, but I mean, he, he did fantastic last night. What, what, what's your thought? Is, does Oldham go to Saturday and you move Mazza back or just somebody we're not talking about, like a Sibley? Do you put Oldham on Saturday and whole staff it? Do you wait to see what happens Friday before you announce Saturday? I mean, your thoughts for what the, the rotation is going to look like? Yeah, well, I, I, I think I'm kind of like everybody else. I kind of have no idea. There are a lot of different ways you could go, but it's, it's going to be out of necessity. Um, I, I think – kind of what I was saying uh, a minute ago, you know, there are roles that certain guys would, would take in different years that are a lot different of what they're taking right now. I think Cross Sibley's one of those guys. Say you needed a starter in a midweek or on a Sunday if someone got hurt in Cross Sibley, he was giving you great length and been really productive and has stayed in the strike zone uh, and his outings out of the bullpen. You'd probably give him a chance to start. But this year – you're so thin in terms of who has been consistently 
productive on the mound that I don't think you can put a guy like Sibley in a starting spot because you really don't have a consistent anchor out of the bullpen in the midweeks in a, in a weekend series in conference play, you really need that. And so obviously it's dependent on the availability of Matt Adams, but I would just, you know, kind of outside perspective, not really hearing anything on Matt Adams or how they plan to structure the pitching. I would guess they, they push Maza back to the Sunday spot and Billy goes on Saturday uh, you know, Mazza obviously threw last night, but certainly can come back on the back end of that weekend rotation. The spring game was this past weekend, Ben. Just for fun, as we continue our discussion with Ben Milam of Big Gold Nation, just for fun, Ben, if you had to lay some money today on who the starting quarterback would be, game one, who do you think – and again, just for fun, Will Hall's the only one that would know, and it won't make that decision until – He ain't saying. No, that's for sure, and won't probably until – we get much closer to, to game one. But what do you think, Ben? And why? Well, I, yeah, I, I was, so I actually wasn't at the spring game, but I, I had been out to spring practice the, the full month of that. Um, so I got a pretty good look at both the transfers and Zach Wilkie and, of course, Ethan Crawford and some of those younger guys. Um, so I, just for fun, Kelly, yeah. I would say – Frank Gore Jr. <laughs> the first yeah, the first game was tomorrow. I would probably throw Holman Edwards out there. I think he probably looked the strongest and most consistent. Um, I, I think he he probably has one of the higher ceilings of the quarterbacks in that room. It's a matter of consistency with him, and I think you got that consistency out of him in the spring, which is a great sign because he's obviously still learning the system. So the fact that you got that consistency, I think, is a really strong sign. Boy, Bob, did you notice yesterday when Will Hall was on this program how how careful he was to make sure that he didn't tip the scale one way or the other right. toward Wiles or alphabetical order? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. But what he did kind of what he did reveal really though is the race appears to be between those two guys. Yes, I mean, I, I think he did let us know that. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Ben, it's always good stuff we get from you, man. We really appreciate uh, you contributing to our show and uh, look forward to having you back on real soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Talk to you all soon. Ben Milam, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Best-looking guy involved with Eagle Hour, for sure. The brash youngster, Ben Milam. As I said, he he replaced Al Holder as the heartthrob of the Eagle Hour. Y'all used to call me young on this show. I guess not well, anymore. You're, you're not anymore. You're 40 now, right? Yeah, you're, you're in the back part of life. You're on the back stretch, as Kelly would say. At the if I'm on the back lesson. stretch, I don't I don't even want to suggest what you guys <laughs> Hell, we're be. on deck, buddy. That's right. <laughs> we're next to the plate. <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to thank Ben Milam from Big Gold Nation uh, for joining us. Say hello to our friends at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. It's a great place for a great Southern lunch. Monday through Friday, they serve it up from about 11 to 1, I think. It's just $10, really, for 
everything. That includes your tax, and they have delicious food every day. I always call it a working man's lunch, Kelly Sander. That's the kind of lunch that uh, you see a lot of. You see a lot of you know good, hard-working men, and they're eating every big day. portions. Let's just call it big the way it is. That, yeah. And again, some of the best catfish uh, you will ever eat. I don't. I don't know what the secret is, but uh, slay the guy. We're going to be down there in a couple of weeks. I don't have the calendar. Here in front of us, but we're going to be on the road Friday. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, and then we'll be uh, we're going to be there. And I, I want to say in about three weeks, we're going to be at the Fourth Street Barn. Man, the Eagle Hour is going everywhere, Bob. It's traveling. amazing. It's a traveling. It's like the old traveling medicine show. Part of the tour. They pulled around the West, you know, on the wagon. Yeah, you're, you're like the Barker out there selling the. Uh, yeah, but those things were usually people that were full of baloney and had nothing to. Say. Oh wait a minute! Never that mind. Would be you, Kelly. <laughs> Katie's or uh, Kelly's the uh, the guy that the, the spectacle you pay like one dollar to see. You don't know what you're going to see, but you go behind the curtain. And... The freak show. Yes, thank you very much, <laughs> Patrick Irby from Anatomies. You can picture Kelly doing that, can't you, uh, Patrick? Barking out. Well, a I just found it interesting that you asked his uh, uh, authoritative opinion on lunch. <laughs> well, there's no better no better person to ask about buffets than uh, Kelly. Let yeah, me. when they want to throw you out, Patrick, after a certain period of time, you you qualified to speak about uh, lunches. Yes. <laughs> Kelly has been told on several occasions, Patrick, buffet means all you can eat, not all you can eat all day. Right. So right. that's uh, <laughs> they put a stopwatch on me, and after that's one why we hour, have you on this uh, show for this segment, Patrick, <laughs> is to uh, to speak to that. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick, how are you, man? I've been real good. How about you? Well, good, and I appreciate you coming on. And I'm going I'm to throw a general question at you right now. So spring is here. A lot of guys listen to this show all over Mississippi, and we get correspondence from other parts of the country as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of the guys are, are middle-aged like Luke and uh, and older. That's, like, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> Like me and Kelly, and uh, so spring is here, and uh, this is a great time to kind of take a second look at what you're doing with your health, and uh, and what advice would you have for somebody, uh, you know, 40 years old that uh, wants to get in better shape and wants to improve their improve their health and their mental outlook and all the things that uh, being in better physical shape would bring them? Yeah, that's uh, interesting that you would say that because that's actually been some talking points on a couple of things that we're putting together because uh, the deal is is um 40s uh, it's it, for me it was a pivotal age where you start to swap the priorities from the physical and aesthetic benefits of exercise which will always remain but you know they become less important as the um the mobility and the um the uh, uh stress stress relief all those types of things. And, um, you know, because, you know, a body responds at 20 years old completely different than it does at 40. And so when you're 40, you know, you need to approach exercise from a more longevity standpoint. And I've had, gosh, man, I don't know how many conversations in the past couple of weeks, you know, with people, um, you know, heck, I'm 56 now. And uh, people my age and younger that, that, that are like, oh, I'll do it for mental stability now. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. But the truth is, it, it, it fixes all those things. Right. You know? Right. And, um, and so the, the, the biggest thing about approaching exercise, uh, middle-aged, I would say, you know, and that's a, that's a broad term. You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm middle-aged yet. Lord willing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
is, is understanding how you need to adjust your expectations and the focus of your training. Because you, you, I mean, it's one thing to go in there and just do some general exercises, and you and you'll get, you know, in better shape, and you'll be healthier. But when you have a direction, then your efforts are going in a more um, streamlined fashion to get you quicker from A to B. And it produces the results that you're expecting. Oh, I think that's a great point. I think the older you get, the more exercise helps you with mobility and just your mental status than, yeah. than you're worrying about how you look or, you right. know, well, buy mobility is, jeans. Yeah, mobility is huge. You know, the, the It's everything, is, really, Patrick. It's everything. Well, if you can't move pain-free, you won't move. Correct. And if you don't move, then you have just poured gas on the fire, so to speak, of, um, of accelerating the aging process. And then your quality of life dimin- diminishes rapidly because you can't do the things you love to do. And, and all of that can be corrected with a, uh, a, just a, you know, a sound approach to exercise that reinforces and, and holds on to mobility. Uh, we talked about um, losing lean tissue as you age. And the importance of hanging on to that is, is an overall health thing because, you know, you want to be able to continue to do the things you do. You know, you're grabbing a, a bag of potting soil out of the back of your truck or you're helping your wife move something around the house. And, and you want to be able to do that safely and pain-free. And, and the best way to do that is to keep your body strong. You know? no. not, not to mention, you know, all of the, the mental benefits of, of exercise, which basically helps in decision-making process, um, Dealing with, um, with with stress in a positive way, you know, uh, as as a as a as a, uh, a protective barrier against anxiety and other issues. I mean, it it just goes on and on. Right now, our man Luke has has you know launched out on that, and I think Luke's lost weight and feels better. And uh, Luke, what are you doing, and how has it affected you? Yeah, I mean, I'm down at least twenty something pounds since first part of the year, and and I mean, it's just you know four. Four time, four days a week, five days a week. Uh, I, I was running, and then uh, I, Patrick, you understand this. I, I got a heel spur, and and those hurt very, very bad. So, I've I've gone back to the bike, but I mean, it's just about like trying to maintain, you know, a, a certain heart rate over a prolonged period of time. And and I'm not like trying to crush the weights, but I am doing some weights as well because I, I, you know, just to try to get a, a, a jump start, but just some auxiliary <laughs> stuff. But for me, I mean, it's just been cardio and. You know, it's pretty fun over the weekend and last couple of weeks to be able to put some clothes on that and put on in a while. Well, 20 pounds is a significant loss of weight. I mean, that, that's a big deal. Visibly, you know, everybody notices that. Yeah, you're right. You know, I saw, I saw a thing one time, uh, an illustration. Patrick, you probably have seen this, and they were talking about the effect of losing weight off of your body. And, and, and this guy said, well, if you want to see what, how much better it is to lose 10 pounds. Get a 10-pound bag of sugar or rice, tie it around your waist, and walk around for 15 or 20 oh, yeah. minutes with that on you. And that'll yeah. tell you the difference that you're, the strain that you're putting on your spine and your back and your legs by having that additional weight. Is that legitimate, Patrick? Oh, absolutely. And this is the thing, um, you know, a lot of – all right, so so people in our age bracket, you would say that the number – one and number two areas that are problematic, that are pain, painful to move, would be first low back followed by knees. Both of those things carry the blunt of the load when you're overweight. 
you know, there's no, no qualms about it. And, and loss of core strength also compromises your, uh, your midsection and makes it much more vulnerable. So um, just by removing that weight, doing some strength training, I mean, you can, you can turn that clock around in a hurry. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, take that load off your knees, and uh, it's significant. I mean, you know, and, how do you feel, you know, when, when you're lighter and, and now that you're able to do things with your, you know, running and, and stuff like that? Yeah, and for me, you know, it, a lot of people just think you have to pound it out. But what I've been what I've been noticing is is my heart rate gets up and the calorie count is roughly the same when I'm on the bike for an extended period of time. And I mean, that's a, that's a no impact, you know, on me. The other thing that I've done, Patrick, and, and we got about a minute and a half in this, left in this segment, is people have to do things that are like lifestyle change. Because you can lose weight and feel better, and then, but if the lifestyle doesn't change, you look up six months later, you you know you went, you you aren't active anymore, and all of it's back, and then it's just kind of like a double depression that sits on you. <laughs> double depression of self-induced failure, but it's so common, you know, and it's absolutely lifestyle change. The um, the thing the thing to understand is <clears throat> the first priority is to make it fun. So, you know, some people are real gadget-driven, and they're watching their calorie counts and their heart rate, and all that stuff's great. I applaud that. But at the end of the day, if you're having a good time when you approach your exercise and, and it's, you know, it's not drudgery, you, you're going to stay in the game longer. And when it becomes drudgery, and any program will, it's time to modify it a little bit and make it fresh again. And it could be that that heel spur, you know, although that could have slowed you down, you found something else to do that you embraced, which was getting on the bike. Patrick, what was the name? Of, what was? What did you say? Double depression? What was it? What you of self-induced? <laughs> self-induced? Yeah, yeah. Double uh, depression of self-induced. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it sounds like a Pink back. Floyd album, doesn't it, Bob? <laughs> right, I love Pink Floyd. Man. Yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong with Pink Floyd. All right, Patrick. Great advice as always, man. And I know you can help a lot of people. How do they get in touch with you at Anatomy? Oh. Look, they can just give us a call, you know, 601-579-9555. Walk in the front door. We always love that. Or, or go online, and we've got ways that you can connect with us, and, and someone will reach out to you. Well, we you, definitely want to help. You're the best, Patrick. We appreciate you, buddy. Man, always good talking to you guys. All right. Patrick Irby, everybody. Anatomies. Kelly, you were strangely quiet in that segment. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll take the fifth or a fifth, whatever. Did it inspire you? Or are you going to set off? I'm, I'm heavily insured. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. Great place to get in shape. Great place uh, to get instructed. Your kids and uh, their teams as well. Great instruction, great facilities. DBAT D1 in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss Track and Field sending a few athletes to Azusa Pacific University. Uh, they actually will start tomorrow. Isabella Ross, Aaron Phelps, Smila Colby, and Dylan Evans will compete in the 10K race, 800-meter run, 1,500-meter run, 
and 400-meter run. Uh, the rest of the team will uh, continue to prepare. They're going to go back to Tuscaloosa next weekend, guys, and they're going to take care of business at the Crimson Tide Invitational. Yeah, we so. owe them. We owe them. <laughs> we owe them. Big time. So Kelly is out, actually out that last segment, and I see Lukey was jogging across the parking lot, and I thought, well, this is great, and then I realized he had jogged over to the uh, Shipley Donuts right across the street. Oh, okay. Two first. Oh, he's back. Two wow, first. Tufers on Wednesday. Two donuts for the price of one. He was moving. All right, Sunbelt Baseball last night. Coastal Carolina and Texas State both had, because of the Easter weekend, they both had a Monday-Tuesday, which you don't see hardly at all, Monday-Tuesday uh, two-game series. Coastal split with Campbell, lost 9-4 to Monday, and then one last night, 5-3. to Texas State um, actually a, a hosted uh, the Texas Longhorns, played in San Marcos Monday night. Longhorns beat Texas State 5-2. But last night in Austin, Texas State returned a favor and beat Texas 9-3. Georgia State defeated Middle Tennessee at home. Appalachian State lost to Wake Forest in Boone 10-4. Old Dominion on the road in Greenville lost to East Carolina 7-3. Marshall uh, beat Ohio University on the road. Uh, Troy edged Samford 7-6. Arkansas State defeated Murray State in Jonesboro 8-7. And Louisiana defeated uh, Coach Lane Burroughs and his uh, Tech Bulldogs in Lafayette 10 to 5. Wow. Now, Kelly, you're a baseball guy. Uh, Luke mentioned Coastal Carolina and Campbell. I think Campbell's a pretty good baseball player. They are. The yeah. Camels. Yeah. Uh, the Campbell Camels. Uh, so they're they're right around the corner. But upcoming is James Madison. We, we don't know anything about them. Your analysis of a team like James Madison and a team like Southern Miss that comes off what I'm sure was an embarrassing loss to them last night. Does this does that set up well for USM this weekend, or is that a big burden you got over get off your shoulders? I think number one, the Eagles are glad to get back home because they'll be playing in an environment that they that they certainly know. They're an experienced enough team where that you know road shouldn't have a big difference, but it's always best to play you know, at home. But when you look at James Madison. You've got a team that's coming in here that that not a lot of people are holding in very high regard, but that can work in James Madison's favor, too, because they go, well, what do we have to lose, right? So they play relaxed baseball, and that's any – I don't care what you're doing. If you're doing it in a relaxed way, you're always going to perform better than if you're not. So the Eagles have got more to lose this weekend than the Dukes, but but I think Southern is going to be totally fine. We'll uh, we'll talk to uh, to Dave Rigger tomorrow, but I mean this is a team that's won three out of their last four, four out of their last six. They took a game from Coastal back in mid March, and they uh, they just took two out of three from from Georgia State. So, you know, I mean, it you, you can't overlook you know any of anybody at all. But uh, daily RPI ranking, uh, Southern Miss uh, didn't really move. They actually I think they dropped maybe one spot or may have moved up one spot. They're at thirty now. Coastal, the only team ahead of them at 17. Seven Sunbelt teams in the top 100. App State 101, so really eight in the top 100. And, and when they won, when they beat, uh, when we're talking about the Dukes beating Coastal, that was back in March before Coastal got on this tear. I mean, they're knocking the crap out of the ball. Okay, as of today, and I'm not saying for the year, but as of today, Luke Johnson, you get this question first. Fill in the blank. The best baseball team in the Sunbelt Conference today is? Coastal Carolina. Kelly? I would agree. And they're a week away. Until next weekend. That's right. Yeah. Until and, and the Eagles aren't going to be offended by us saying that. I mean, no, they're, you know. No. The Golden Eagles will bounce back. The, 
you know, they're kids. They're resilient. I, I think I think fans have hangovers longer than players, the, Kelly. This yeah. weekend is an opportunity for a sweep. First time, really, that Southern Miss, you can look at it and you could say, okay, we, we, we should sweep this one. And, and, and we'll talk more about it with Dave tomorrow. 19-12, same record, James Madison and Southern Miss, but 12 out of their 19 wins are quad four teams. And you're, well, and then the go. following week, you know, you'll you'll get to look eye to eye with Coastal, even though it's up at their place. I wish and they were here, and, I would love to have them here. And well, you know, yeah, maybe next year. In time, young maybe. Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up the show today. I want to thank Mo Bay Beignet Company for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour, the official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. They're on Hardy Street, right across the street from the campus. Our friends at D One and D Bat always do a great job uh, with training all through the area. Uh, for kids and adults, and that we encourage you if you're in in the market for that, that's the place to go. D one D bat, always fun guys. And uh, Kelly and Luke will have the show tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, everyone, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Mississippi Media Production.